1: What's up, Royals fans? Welcome to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo, the place where we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals. And today we go back to the 2006 to 2007 Royals teams and talk to Luke Hudson, the right-hander who compiled a 7-7 seven seven mark while with the Royals. He was a 6'3 right-hander, had great makeup. Great stuff. Unfortunately, a number of shoulder issues which kind of zapped him of velocity and kept him from fulfilling his ultimate potential at the Major League level. But we saw glimpses of it, and we enjoyed it with Luke Hudson. He was twice the Royals Pitcher of the Month back in 2006. Has some great stories as well as he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies out of the University of Tennessee, came up with the Rockies, was traded to the Reds, ultimately claimed by the Royals, and he joins us right now on Clubhouse Conversation. Luke Hudson, welcome to the show. It's good to have you, and how are you doing, man?
0: Pretty busy, man. Doing life is good. Uh, You know, it's definitely a a lot different uh, lifestyle than it was when I was playing. Got two little boys, a wife, and our third uh, girl on the way in December. So um, that with work, and yeah, it's completely different, but it's a good change.
1: Are you still uh, doing anything with baseball at all?
0: A little bit, you know. I've got one of my best friends is the head coach at, a vars- at the uh, high school that I played at, Fountain Valley High School. So I help out a little bit when I can, um, and, and that's about the extent of
1: it. That's cool. Well, are you still following baseball at all? Too? Do you like, do you follow the Royals at all?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I uh, I see they're doing really well, and I'm not too surprised. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have my eyes glued to the TV every night, just for the reasons I said. Uh, you know, before with the kids and wife and working but uh yeah i love love following them
1: that's yeah, an exciting time right now have you been back to kansas city since 09
0: <laughs> just one time uh i think it was 2011 and it was just uh because i had a i have a brother who's four years younger than me that started his own business It's a shuffleboard um company hudson shuffleboards and he had a big shuffleboard tournament out there and um you know luckily enough the royals were in town and i got to see some of the guys and, and, and watch the game.
1: Oh, my gosh, you have a cool family. So your father, Bill, is also a well-known watercolorist, right? And he owns an art materials company, is that right? <laughs>
0: That's right. He's he's retired. He was an aerospace engineer, and he's always had um, an interest in, in artwork. And I don't think any of – well, maybe maybe – I've got seven brothers and sisters, and there's probably only one sibling that has an artistic bone in their body. And um, Yeah, my, my dad, I mean, I'm – Maybe I'm biased, but he's a he's a talented watercolor. He does all he does uh all nautical paintings and shoot, I think I've got seven or eight of the originals that I bought um, you know, back when I was playing baseball. So my uh, our house is a Bill Hudson uh, gallery. <laughs> That's great.
1: What about you? So you've never dabbled at all? You're not one of the seven that has the skills?
0: No, I just never got into it. Maybe it was just um, you know, I I remember doing one uh, piece of artwork in an art class my freshman year in high school, it turned out pretty good, but I I just never really took a liking to it, you know? Um uh, I I think maybe part of the reason is I see some of his paintings and I'm just thinking there's no way (laughs) I'd be that good ever.
1: You're rocking out like the stick figures and stuff, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's about all I'm good for. Did
1: you know by the way, do you remember Todd Marinovich, by the way?
0: I remember Todd Morenovich. I didn't, I didn't know him personally, but yeah.
1: You know that he has his own, like he does artwork like full-time and commissions paintings and is like a big-time painter out there in Cali now? Oh, you're kidding. No, you should check out his website. It's actually pretty good. You can buy him off there and have him, like you can request specific projects and he'll do them for you. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Really? Yeah. So there you go. We'll, crazy. little info for the day. Well, let's go way back for you then. So you were born in Fountain Valley, California. That's where you went to high school. And then you got drafted by Baltimore, although you didn't sign. But before we talk about that, Let's talk about the success you had in high school. You guys won uh two state 1A championships and then you also won national championships in the Pony League and Colt League teams as well. So, who were some of your teammates back then? Were there some teammates that got drafted that we might have heard of from back then?
0: Um, you know what? Probably not. Um that uh Kevin Burford, uh he and I were were teammates in Double A with the Rockies um and he was a year younger than me, but that 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 team was special. Um, we did really well, obviously, and um, growing up we all played together. But, there was, you know, there was a lot of the guys that went on to play college baseball, but nobody really was a, I mean, a star per se. Um, we just played really well together.
1: Yeah, well, that must have been exciting then, too. I mean, you had like a 1-2 like a ERA as a senior in high school and all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I don't even
1: remember <laughs> That's what the stats tell me so. Uh so you, yeah. so like we said you went in the 5th round then. Uh to Baltimore after high school. So what do you remember about draft day in high school? You know, where were you at? Who was with you and was that about where you were expecting to go out of high school?
0: You know, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um yeah, the the Baltimore Orioles took me in the 5th round. I, you know, from what from what you hear, you, you kind of want to take everything with a grain of salt, but when you're, you know, 17, 18 years old, you get it's it's hard not to get really excited about that and um I remember a bunch of my high school buddies, um, you know, they're, they're we're all still best friends to this day and hang out quite a bit. They all came over, and um, I think we started playing wiffle ball that day and in the front yard at our house and just waiting for that phone call. And I don't know if at times, I'm sure, have changed now, but you're just literally waiting for that phone call from the scouts um, telling you where you got drafted. And I remember just getting nervous when all my buddies started coming over because it was a surprise, but uh, I didn't want to jinx anything. But – yeah, I just I, I do remember that. It was a fun day, and I also know for a fact, I mean, there's lots of guys every year that expect to get drafted, and they don't ever get the phone call, so that's what kind of made me a little bit nervous when they all started coming over in <laughs> pre-celebration mode.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to jinx it. So yeah, You ultimately ended up going to Tennessee, obviously, pitching for the Vols rather than signing with Baltimore. What made you choose that, and was that a, a tough choice or an easy choice?
0: I wanted to flip a coin, to be honest, I didn't know, and, and, and one of the reasons it was even harder was because my dad is from Baltimore, and I can tell, you know, my mom and dad, they uh, they were awesome, I mean, they were supportive, whichever decision I made, and they wanted it to be my decision, but I can definitely tell, my dad, uh, being from Baltimore, it was tough, because, uh, you know, he, shoot, I mean, you couldn't uh, envision a, a better situation for your kid um, from, uh, you know, when you, you get drafted by his hometown team. Um, but I, I'll tell you, uh, long story short, what happened is, um, you know, we, I think it was in July, right around 4th of July, um, I went to the High Desert Mavericks. I uh, had an affiliate there, and I, I'm sure rules have changed since. But uh, I had a um, – Howie Clark was a guy that I played high school ball against, and he was on that team. And I just kind of spent the time – spent the day with him and was able to go – uh, over to the High Desert Mavericks and, and just kind of get a feel for what the, you know, day in minor league baseball life is about. And I just remember um, watching this pitcher pitch, and he was throwing 90, 92 miles an hour, and he got hit pretty hard. And, I mean, um, and then in the clubhouse I just overheard a conversation. He was on the phone just in tears thinking he was going to get released. And huh. I just remember thinking, I'm not ready for this, you know, I better go to college, and that was my decision.
1: Oh, so really that was the tipping point, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't ready for it. And You know, you got to keep in mind, you're in high school, you're throwing 85, 87, you know, 88. That's, that's a hard, that's, that's a good fastball. And then this guy was throwing 92 and getting shelled and um, thinking he was going to get released. So I, I just, I knew right then and there I wasn't ready for it.
1: Huh. Well, there you go. So you went to Tennessee then. What are your favorite memories there on Rocky Top?
0: Oh man there's a lot it that is a, just a fun school to go to and I was fortunate enough to play um all three years I was there Peyton Manning was there, so those football games were just it it was a good time and um you know just the the camaraderie among amongst uh, the student athletes and going out there for the football games and yeah of course baseball was you know a lot of fun memories um but you know just the whole the whole experience it it, it was fun you know the academics it was you know it was a good business school and um i think just being being around that in that area in the south i mean it was a complete different lifestyle than what i was uh how I was brought up in Southern california, so i think for for many reasons it was memorable.
1: Did you get to know Peyton at all
0: yeah a little bit i mean i I just remember him throwing out the first pitch for our uh southeastern conference uh opener and he was he wasn't just a guy that was gonna go out and toss that first pitch he was <laughs> he was warming up. Uh, underneath the stadium, so he wanted to see how how hard he could throw throw, and I think we got the radar gun on it, and it was 87. So <laughs> we were we were pretty impressed.
1: Yeah, he's a big baseball fan too, so that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So the Royals have had quite a few guys from Tennessee also in recent years. From obviously Luke Chaver, who you got to know, and and Joe Randa. Did you ever get to meet Joe at all? Yeah, I played with him
0: with uh, Cincinnati. I think that was. Oh, that's in right. You did play and, uh, with 2004. him. 2005
1: maybe that's right man I'm, I'm i'm that's the first time i've been showing up on my research for a long time man that's not good yeah the joker yeah he's yeah. a really good guy <laughs> yeah i love that guy uh yeah. so i'm sure you guys had a little tennessee bond so you were drafted again then in 1998 this time it was by the rockies in the fourth round so that draft day what do you remember about that draft day who was around what were you doing all that fun stuff
0: well i was back in southern california with my buddies we were at uh we were camping in san onofre um just doing a little surf trip, uh, camping, and um, that, that sign happened so fast. You know, I remember in high school it, it, it stretched out for a month or two, and the Rockies were just really aggressive, and they came up in their um, offer, and it was it seemed like a fair offer, and I got a phone call from, oh, gosh, at the time I think it was a page. Um, my parents paged my buddy, and then, um, you know, we didn't have cell phones, so, I um went to a payphone, called home and they said, Hey Luke, the the Rockies, the scouts, um Ty Coslo and Abe Flores are here and they they this is their offer so I hopped in the car and I drove home. It was about a forty five minute drive. I signed and I didn't know whether I should go back or, you know, stay at home, so I stayed at home for a little bit and then I drove back to the to the campground and celebrated with my buddies.
1: <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> what a great story. I love the payphone being in there, too. That oh, isn't that
0: funny? I mean, yeah. times have changed so much. It's uh, I, I've said it already before on how the draft works and all that. But, yeah, no cell phones back then.
1: Yeah, we're getting old, man. So, so you pitched in the Rockies organization then from 98 to 01 with Portland, with Asheville, Salem, and Carolina before you got traded to Cincinnati with Gabe White for Pokey Reese and Dennis Reyes, who'd be another royal later on. But, anyway, what were your thoughts and emotions, you know, when you got traded from the team that brought you up? Was that tough for you?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough, and you know what? I think it's something that uh, people don't really talk about too often in baseball. I mean, it just happens. I think more so now than it used to. Uh, you know, guys, free agents. It, it's not easy. I mean, it's a you, you grew up with these guys, you know, and you got all these friend uh, friendships, and you're you're just comfortable in the clubhouse, and then you go to a new clubhouse, and maybe it's different for everybody uh, for their personalities. But mine, I mean, personally, I'm not a not a uh, guy that can walk around at clubhouse and just. You know, uh, I feel like i got to get to know guys a little bit, and it takes me a little while to get to know guys. So, yeah, that was a tough adjustment, but it's the nature of the game, and, um, you know, it was definitely a better baseball opportunity because they traded for me, and they gave up a couple good players to um, get me over there, and I was, uh, I remember it being a big compliment and like, wow, you know, these guys think highly of me, and um, not that I didn't feel optimistic getting to the major leagues with uh, with Colorado, but... Um, you know, it says a lot when a team gives up uh, a couple of their top players to, to get you. And I, I just remember thinking, hey, this is a great opportunity. But at the same time, it, it's tough um, for a guy like me to walk into a clubhouse not really knowing anyone. And that, that was an adjustment.
1: Well, you spent 2002 between AAA Louisville and you'd make the big leagues with Cincy. But since we're all about memories here, we've got to ask you then about your first call to the big leagues. It was late June of 2002. Where were you at when it happened and how did you find out? Any cool story on that?
0: Yeah, I was in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, AAA, A, uh with the uh Reds and I after a game, I got called into the office and you know, usually when you get called into the office it's it's um you know, it's it's for business, you know, either you're getting sent down, you're getting sent up, you're getting traded. So all those thoughts going in my mind and they told me I was getting called up and to be honest with you, I wasn't really pitching consistently. I was pitching well. I wasn't pitching consistently well enough. I didn't think at the time, so it was a little bit of a surprise, but you know i got called up and i i just i was in shock and um i mean here it is i mean this is what you dream of and you get that situation you get that that call and i i the first thing i did is i went back to my locker and i at that time had a cell phone and i immediately called my uh, parents and i went into the uh dugout and um yeah i remember telling my mom and dad and i just i just lost it you know i just started crying and it was a it was a happy happy moment for sure to say the least
1: well, so was your Major League debut. It went good for you. July 1st of 2002, it was against the Astros. You threw a scoreless inning. You struck out one. What do you remember about that that first outing in the big leagues? Well, what
0: you probably don't don't read there when you looked it up is the first pitch. I mean, I, I was as nervous as you can be. And, you know, um, the very first game that I was uh, uh, sitting in the bullpen, uh, it was a blowout. And I thought maybe that was going to be my chance to get in there. And I didn't get in there. And, um so I think at the time my my debut, I was really forced to go in the game because we didn't really have anybody else, and um, it happened to be we were tied for first with the Astros. That was um, who we were playing against, and it was the I think it was the eighth inning. So I'm literally like the setup guy <laughs> in my debut, and I, I my leg was just I remember it was shaking. I I thought like it was shaking to the point where if I had a runner on first base, I'm gonna stretch. I thought they'd call a balk, you know. So my first pitch was. Um, Jason Larue was a catcher. He it was so high that he got up, stood up to try to catch the ball, it tipped off his glove halfway up the backstop. And I mean, mind you, this was before my first um, shoulder surgery, and I you know was fortunate enough to have a good fastball. And I'm sitting here trying to calm down, and I think it was like a 96, 97 mile an hour fastball, and halfway up the backstop. So that was the first pitch, and I'll just never forget it. The second one was pretty high, but I settled down and fortunately got three up, three down.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Uh, I'm sure you know the answer, but let's test your memory. Who was your first strikeout? Uh, Jeff Blum. Yep, you got it. Yep. So,
0: uh, I was just I, I was on cloud 9 walking off. I I just wanted to sprint off that mound and <laughs> tried, trying to keep my cool after that.
1: Well, you missed the entire 2003 season and you mentioned it the the dreaded shoulder surgery. Uh, that you'd have throughout your career. It happened on April 11th of '03. You had that surgery. At what point did that shoulder first flare up? And was that, was that the first time in your life you'd had shoulder problems at that time? And was like, or was that going on for like a few months before that? Or
0: no, the first time I ever had a shoulder problem. You know, if if I were to bet, I, I I thought you know maybe I'd have a elbow surgery before a shoulder surgery. So it caught me off guard. But um, yeah, I was just in spring training, and you know I got sent down, and um, you know you're you work your butt off in the off season, you want to make that team. And then, um, you get sent down, you're frustrated. And then, you know, as shortly thereafter, my shoulder started to flare up. I had no idea, but I knew it was, something was seriously wrong. And, uh, it was like a deep, uh, and kind of a sharp pain. And I, I, literally, I just had a really hard time throwing a baseball. So, um, did I think it was torn? No, because I've never had really any shoulder issues, but, um, so I was definitely surprised and, and bummed, but what are you going to do? You know? So, uh, had the had the surgery, Dr. Kremchek did it with Cincinnati in rehab and rehab, and
1: and got back. Yeah, 2004. You were between Chattanooga, Louisville, and Cincinnati as you worked your way back. You came up to Cincy on August 15th. You finished out the year as the most consistent red starter in the month of August and September. Four and one with a one six seven in your last eight starts of the year. You had a 16 inning scoreless streak there, and then you know two. So what else do you remember about that 2004 season?
0: No, I that was it was a. It was a um, I guess a uh, what's the word it was um it, it, you know all the hard work that you that you put in um rehabbing your shoulder uh to come back and end the season on that note was um uh, it was gratifying you know and um I just I just remember um I just made some adjustments and I think I became more of a pitcher as opposed to that guy that came in and relied on velocity and and stuff and um no, that I just nothing really in particular. I just um, I guess if if there was a highlight pitching against the Cubs at Wrigley, and um, we ended up knocking them out of a playoff spot. I think we were there's about six games left in the season, um, and they had or maybe there was eight games left. We had a four game uh, stretch against the Cubs, and um, you know probably all the Cubs fans thinking pretty good. I mean we were in like, cl- close to last place at the time, and they were two games back and i think we took three or four maybe even swept them huh. um getting on the bus after that and uh, I, I literally remember walking off that field giving everyone a high five and there were some grown men crying <laughs> you know because the Cubs, they wanted to go to the playoffs so that well uh, we get off we we you know shower up everything get on the bus and i guess the way to the airport from wrigley is you got to go downtown and there was um there was a bar and everyone was was there the bus stopped and Sean Casey on our team gets out of the bus he runs into the bar yells some along lines of hey we just took uh knocked you guys out of the playoffs cuz everyone's excited whatever he runs back on the bus and um uh, you've got all these these cubs fans chasing chasing <laughs> him back on the bus <laughs> I, that was a that was one of those stories that uh, you you won't read about the the newspaper or the internet but that was that was special that was that was fun and that was just a bunch of grown men having a good time and we were we were pretty happy
1: lots of grown men crying in kansas City the last twenty nine years too we so we can, we can relate. Uh, man
0: it's yeah, i tell you man it's so it's so uh, it, it's special it's it it couldn't happen to a better um you know and I haven't been reading it every day but I just hope that Everyone in Kansas City appreciates the management there. Dayton Moore, I mean, he is just, he's the best. Um, so I'm not too surprised to see that uh, all the hard work that he's put in the organization, everyone he's surrounded himself with, are, are doing well. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but 2005, you spent entirely at the big league level as well. You had one rehab started in Chattanooga. Uh, but then, once again, shoulder inflammation. Then in 2005, you made 19 appearances with 16 starts. How bad was your shoulder in 05? Anyways, I mean, was it just one of those things you just pitched through it, or was it not that bad?
0: Yeah, no. You know what? It was. Um, I, I had a lot of pain again um, in spring training of 05, and I, I just can't explain it. It's just the the story of my career. It's just like once you, f- once I felt like I was over the hump, it just comes back again. But I had a cortisone shot, and I, I the, the pain subsided. It, you know, I really didn't have too much discomfort that year. I just, you know, had a hard time getting back into that groove. I, I finished off in 04 and maybe, you know, whatever. I don't I don't like to point the blame on anything. It's just I didn't pitch very well that year and I wasn't really in too much pain. Um you know, it just just one of those things.
1: Well, we got to give you a plug for how well you swung the bat that year in 2005. <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything I did well that year, right? Yeah, you hit. Well, let's go through this, man. This is this is a big pride point for pitchers. 320 uh, was your batting average. You had a 770 OPS. There you go. And then you even had a nice four-game hitting streak. So were you always a good hitter growing up then, I'm assuming? No,
0: that's the funny thing that my buddies give me a hard time about. To be honest with you, our our high school team was ranked preseason number one in the country my senior year. We finished number two my junior year. We were, we were a good team. I didn't even hit. I wasn't good enough to hit in <laughs> high school. So then my buddies see me get, you know, hit 320, and they're like, what the heck is going on? And I, I don't have an explanation for it. I mean – just lucky i guess but i just i i felt like i was seeing the ball well and I, I got some hits you know <laughs> i i don't know
1: that was a classic the answer i'm seeing the ball well right now that's great <laughs> that's great well so you're let's do another trivia question your first big league hit was in 2004 the year before that what pitcher was it against
0: oh boy gosh i don't even remember um Was It It wasn't Woody Williams, was it? It was
1: Woody Williams, yep. You got it. Was it really? Yep. (laughs) That's crazy. That's great. That's great. So you went to spring training with the Reds in 06 then, but then got released on March 9th. Four days later, Dayton Moore and the Royals come calling. Wait, no, Dayton wasn't here yet, was he? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. It's Albert Baird. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Baird. Okay, just barely. But four days later then on March 13th, because he came over in, what, July of that year. So you signed a minor league deal with the Royals on March 13th. What made you choose KC?
0: You know what the biggest thing was Bob McClure. Um, he was my pitching coach in single A, um, with the Colorado Rockies, uh, in Salem and he was hands down the best pitching coach I've ever had. He was the pitching coach over there. I just I you know what something felt right about it. I just had a level of comfort with him. I knew there was a good chance he wasn't gonna be my pitching coach, but just having him over there, um, it, it just it just felt right, you know, and you know, that was a uh, tough question to answer. When I got walk into the clubhouse, nobody—I I knew a couple guys, but not very well. And it's like, hey, why did you decide to come over here? And it's like, hey, you know what? I, <laughs> I know there's opportunity over there, um, but you don't want to say that. You know, everyone's competing. But you know, at the time, yeah, there was a lot of talent on any major league team. Um, and but I knew there was opportunity there, and the fact that I knew Bob McClure well, it was uh, made me feel comfortable to sign with the Royals then.
1: Well, just a few weeks later, you made the opening day roster in two thousand six, and you pitched out of the Royals bullpen to start that year. How special was that coming north on opening day?
0: Oh yeah, it's, uh, that that was very special. But I, I didn't expect it. Um, but I but again, I think it was one of those things where hey, maybe a, maybe a fresh start somewhere else. It might be the best thing for you. I mean, it's um, you know I, I struggled in oh five with the Reds and. You know, and rightfully so, the manager doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in you. And I think maybe at that point in time, maybe getting released was the best thing to happen because, you know, you go to a new spot, you get a fresh start. And um, I knew Bob McClure had a lot of confidence in me from, you know, a few years before. And um, it, it just, you know, I started pitching well.
1: Well, you got DFA'd back to Omaha on May third, and were really strong there. You went two and zero with a two eight zero for Omaha. So Casey brought you back on June thirtieth, and you finished out the rest of oh six with the Royals. So I want to ask you about uh, a different, you know, few things from that season. First of all, how cool was it being the Royals' pitcher of the month two times that year?
0: Oh, it was great. It was great. And once again, you know, you go from struggling to pitching well, and it's like, come on, man, figure it out, get some consistency. <laughs> and I finally felt like I got it. I, I, something just clicked that, that year, and I, I, was, I was on a roll. And I finally, the first time in my career, I knew why I was pitching well. And um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun.
1: Well, you had a couple of memorable starts that year, one good, one bad. Let's start, <laughs> let's start with the good one. You struck out 10 against the Yankees on September 4th, and you allowed just one run in seven innings. That night against the Yankees, what do you remember about that game?
0: That was a battle. Uh, I'll tell you one thing um, in a a second uh, that was so funny about that night, but um, no, that that whole night, it was special for for a couple different reasons. I mean, for for me personally, I always hated the Yankees, you know, growing up watching them in the World Series every year, and I don't know what it was. I just didn't, you know, I I had a lot of respect for a lot of players, especially Jeter. I mean, he played the game the right way, but I just hated seeing them in the World Series every year. I You know, I I just, I, 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 so for that reason, I was. It, it was, it was nice to have one of my best starts against them. Um, I remember battling my butt off that night. I mean, I think I had base runners on almost every inning and getting out of jams. And so that, that to me is more uh, rewarding than, than, than going out there and, you know, not that I really had any audience like that where I would, you know, uh, no hitters, perfect games, whatever. But I, I just loved that. I, was, I felt like I was battling every pitch. Um, but I think that the funny part that I could probably remember the most that night was um, throwing an inside fastball to Cheater. It got away from me and knocked him down. and The next pitch was a um, – I mean, I thought it was a good pitch away. Hits a line drive, and I, I probably wouldn't have Tyler and Charlie right now if I didn't have a cup on I mean, just square right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think my buddies at home played that over and over a million times.
1: Oh, I don't remember that. i far as I don't remember yeah. that. Is there, YouTube of that? <laughs> yeah. Is there a YouTube video of that out there? I doubt it. I hope not. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I'm going to see if I can find that. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, send it over to me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the bad obviously occurred then on August 13th against Cleveland on the road. You recorded just yeah. one out. You allowed 11 runs. Now I remember reading that you begged Buddy Bell to stay in the game even when they were you know you're being taken out because you knew that you wanted to protect that bullpen that day. You were that much of a team guy. What do you remember about uh, about that day in that outing?
0: Well, I you know remember the first part of this uh, that first month of the season I was in the bullpen and unfortunately I mean our our starters we were you know the bullpen was um getting depleted I mean we were we were pretty worn down so I knew that feeling and the day before I think we had a doubleheader and so our bullpen was worn down and I as a starting pitcher the next day I mean the 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 least you can do is you know um keep your team in the game which obviously it got out of control fast but you know hey we it, it, you don't want to uh, throw the talent in the first inning but I mean come on we're we're down a lot and uh, the least I could do is just get us through that inning and eat up another four or five innings you know and um, that's kind of my mindset at the time and I just I did not want Buddy to take me out of the game so that's kind of why I was begging to stay in there and I to be honest as as silly as it sounds I just thought that I could get out of it and um, and just eat up those innings but it just (laughs) it kept getting worse
1: yeah, that start sucked, Is that, that killed your ERA that year, too. You would have been awesome without that ERA that year. So that no, kinda...
0: Yeah, thanks, but it, 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 yeah, it, it did, and I was never really a numbers guy, and to be honest with you, if you ask me, I, I couldn't, except for my batting average in 05, I, I probably <laughs> couldn't recite any of my
1: stats. <laughs> well, that 06 season, anything else stick out that I, that I didn't mention?
0: No, 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 no. I think that you know. Hey, that was. Um, I guess the one thing that stood out was Dayton Moore that year. I mean, he came over and oh, yeah, I about immediately. Him. Yeah. Immediately, everyone had a like a just a newfound respect, and <clears throat> the guy really has a passion for for players. For, um, you know, he's a, he's a family guy, and he, um, you know, I just I I really I really have nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he's he's just he's top notch, you know, and I. I, one thing I like to add is when I went out there in 2011 for my brother's shuffleboard tournament, I mean, my dad's doing great now, but he got diagnosed with, uh, multiple myeloma in 2006, spring training of '07, I remember my dad, uh, coming out in my, and Dayton having a conversation with me and my dad and since spring training and, you know, my dad was talking to him about that and, um, or maybe Dayton brought it up. I don't know, but, uh, you know, that was in 07, and then four years pass, and I go out there, I talk with Dayton, and one of the first things he asked me is how my dad's doing, and um, I couldn't believe that. I mean, um, I guess I wasn't shocked, but it's it's definitely surprising, and I mean, it, wh- wh- who does that? I mean, the guy's got a lot on his plate, you know, and uh,
1: he remembered that. Yeah, well, totally. I hear nothing bad about Dayton ever. Um, so you mentioned Bob McClure already. How'd you like pitching for Buddy Bell?
0: I love buddy bell i i he's he's a great manager i mean he um old school guy uh didn't have too many rules it was just hey um show up on time um and play hard and um he was also a good family guy cared about you um a lot and and what I respected about buddy is if if um guys weren't playing hard, he'd let you know about it
1: yeah well do you remember his uh famous quote that he had he, where he said uh after being here i'll never say it can't get worse <laughs> do you remember that quote? i do remember that <laughs> i do remember
0: that yeah, it, was, you know, it was a tough time uh for the fans for the uh, trust me i mean um for people that people that think that players uh, you know just care about getting paid and they uh it doesn't bother them losing i mean that i've heard i've heard that before and it just is the furthest thing from the truth i mean um it wears on you as a player. Uh, you come in that clubhouse after a loss. It's uh, it's somber. It's it's it, it's tough.
1: Well, you finished 2006 and you go into that winter, and then 2007 spring training hits, and your shoulder kind of starts flaring up. At what point was that shoulder becoming an issue? Was it during '06 during spring training of '07? When was it?
0: No, I went to spring training perfectly healthy, optimistic. I felt good about '06, and then um, I think I don't remember exactly, but. Maybe halfway into spring training, uh, we started the games. My first start, it felt fine. Um, maybe it was between my first and second start. I can't really remember, but it's, I started getting that that similar type pain that I had when um, uh, when I had my first sh- uh, shoulder surgery. So I knew it wasn't good. Um, but at the same time, you know. It's that fine line. Yeah, it's spring training. You don't want to put yourself and your team at risk. And I really at that point felt confident enough that, hey, I knew I could help my team out a lot. I didn't want to pitch with pain to get it worse. But at the same time, I didn't want to, you know, hey, maybe it it started out as kind of a little shallow uh, stiffness. And so I thought I could work through it. And it just it it did get worse. I had to say something.
1: Jeez, how do you deal with the frustrations of that? Like how do you stay sane when that keeps happening to you?
0: I don't. I don't say you stay sane. I. I mean, it's. Uh, gosh, dang it. I, hey, you know what? It, this stuff happens. It happens in life. It happens as an athlete. You, you know. But um, for me personally, I. I can't explain it. It's just um, my body. Just. I had a hard time staying healthy.
1: Yeah, well, that sucks. Well, you you made a couple minor league outings in 07, both at Wichita and Omaha. Since you spent a, a bit of time there in Omaha, wanted to ask you about your favorite memories uh, of Rosenblatt Stadium and pitching in Omaha.
0: Um, I, great place. Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed pitching there. It, the ball, the ball flew out of that park, but, um, you know, I, I think that was right around the time where I, I things just started to click for me and I, I pitched well, but you know, I, I, Hey, um, I, nothing really in particular. I mean, great teammates and, um, good place to play downtown Omaha is fun. And I, I mean, um, no, we, we had a great time there.
1: Well, you came back up to KC, you'd make one more big league start on May 10th at Kauffman Stadium against Oakland. And on a personal level, I still remember this one like it was yesterday. So it's a Thursday afternoon, and it was one of the saddest days I've seen as a Royals fan because you threw those two innings, you allowed four earned runs, and then right away it was kind of obvious, I think right at the time, maybe soon after, that your shoulder just was in big trouble at that point. So take take us back to that day, what you remember.
0: Yeah, I just remember, you know what, um, it – i was definitely in pain before that start and um you know i just just hoping and praying that it would kind of go away knowing deep down i probably wouldn't but um you know i just gave it all i could i mean I, I yeah and then i didn't want to say anything right after the start because it would have seemed you know it was like such a bad start you know um and the last thing i wanted to do is say hey you know what i had a bad start it's because my shoulder hurts you know and um so, I think two days later, I'm throwing my bullpen in Chicago, and I, I finally had to tell Bob. I said, Bob, I McClure, I said, Mac, I can't. I just can't do it. And you know, you just want to like cry. I mean, it's like uh, you, you work so hard to get healthy and and uh, pitch well, and it just you know, it just stuff like that happens. It just um, it, didn't, it didn't work out.
1: Well, you had what uh, one more surgery, then you missed all of '08. You came back with Casey in '09. You made one more comeback. However, then on April 1st of 09, you announced your retirement and said, "quote, it just feels like a sharp knife in my shoulder and twisting when I throw." How difficult was that day?
0: Well, it, yeah, it, I was going through that for well, pretty much um, two going on three years. You know, I mean, how much can you take? And I, not not one, not for one second did I ever regret that. It's um, you know, even even playing. I don't even play much softball now, but I mean, it hurts. You know, and. um it, it it's just a decision that I can never go back and and, and question because it, it was so much pain that I'm going through and um, no matter what I did uh, how hard I worked it just never came back so yeah I I get that feeling in my shoulder like like seriously it was yesterday huh. and that's the only thing that makes it difficult to watch baseball now I mean I watch it but it's like every time I watch a pitcher throw a ball, it's like I can't help but but think about that pain that I was having in my shoulder.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So I've talked to a lot of guys who had premature and frustrating ends to their baseball career, you know, because of injury or whatever, and they speak of kind of a mourning period where they couldn't even really watch baseball and kind of separated themselves from it. Did you ever do that at all after that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't watch it. And you know what, um, you hear about that, and you, you always wonder why. I mean, you, you've you got to have a love for the game. you got to watch it. But I think personally like it just brings you back to where um I mean two years of frustration um you know you're working your butt off trying to get your arm strong and healthy and then you know it just um it never works out. But I, I catch myself now watching more baseball than I did, you know, 3 4 or 5 years ago. That's for sure.
1: So do you still have pain today even in your arm, shoulder?
0: Yeah, I can throw a ball, but at once I once I kind of put a little bit on it, yeah, it hurts. It hurts every time. <laughs> God, that sucks. So, it is what it is. Um I, I, to be honest with you, I still don't know why. I don't know what happened. I mean, they went in there and they didn't see any tears. Um, I do remember in spring training, just kind of waking up with a big uh, knot in my left trap, and then about like three, four days later, my right shoulder was hurting. That knot still there in my left trap. They, you know, they physical therapist worked on it, and I, I've got to think there was some connection there.
1: Huh. Wow, that's weird. Well. Yeah. So you, while you're with the Royals, then who are the guys you were closest with, teammate-wise, and, and do you still keep in touch with any of your old teammates from KC? Yeah, with the Royals at
0: the time, I, I hung out a lot with uh, Todd Wellemeyer, who's my roommate um, in '07. Uh, Paul Bacco talked to him occasionally. Mike Sweeney, um, Kyle Snyder. Um, I think that's uh, probably for the most part the two I keep in touch with. Uh, Ho Chavar every once in a while, not not a whole lot, but. You know, uh, it, it's weird. It goes to show you how old I am. I mean, um, when I, my last year there, Billy Butler just come, came up, uh, Alex Gordon just came up, and now they're probably the veterans in the clubhouse um, kind of running the show.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Coach of our, yeah, those three guys.
1: So when you look back at your times in KC, what sticks out the most if you had to just kind of generically think about your times here?
0: Um, Baseball wise?
1: Yeah, just on, yep, on the field.
0: Uh, on the field, yeah. Just, I mean, just that that stadium is just the most beautiful stadium. I think I, uh, Kauffman, uh, probably Fenway, two of my favorite stadiums. Um, I, I mean, I, it just, I, I, I swear, it just seems like a family over there. It's, um, it's. I know I only played for two organizations, really three if you count uh, Colorado, but it's just, a, it's a tight knit uh, clubhouse community. And um, it's just a great setup. I mean, you pull up in the parking lot every day, and you got the football stadium there, and it's just, and and I think just the people, people in Kansas City. I mean, I could raise my our family there. If I didn't have all my family and friends here, I'm one of eight kids, and all of us pretty much live in Southern California. I got a good close uh, group of friends here, but if it wasn't for my family and friends, I, I, my wife, and I'd move out there in a heartbeat.
1: Oh well, that's cool. So as far as the city goes, where where did you guys stay at when you were here, and, and your favorite parts of the city?
0: Uh, we were at the Plaza. I think um, you know I was at Overland Park my first year. I was rooming with uh, Mike McDougal, and um, I, in the second year I was living at the Plaza. And I think at the time, uh, Plaza was really a place everyone really hung out at. And um, I think maybe times have changed now, right?
1: Yeah, not too much. Still kind of we have some thuggery going on down there occasionally. <laughs> but, oh no, yeah, but it's pretty good. I mean, Plaza, Westport are still great. Yeah. 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 So well, in closing, what would you like to say, uh, to Royals fans listening right now? Uh I would
0: just say it's it's a good time to be a Royals fan. I mean, I think all the you know, the perseverance over the years and the frustration, I mean the losing seasons, I, I mean, I tell everybody whenever they ask around here, it's uh they're only gonna get better. And um I think it's just because it, you know, in talking to Dayton Moore in two thousand six and he that's the one thing I respect a lot about him. He he'd always want to get feedback from players and um that's the one thing he would always ask, hey, how can we get better? You know, how can we what can we do to get better? And you know, I think he's I think all the uh Royals fans need to know that. I mean, he um he 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 took that job with that you know, it was almost like a contingency that hey, you guys uh we're going to spend money in the draft and get top-notch players and then you know, he he surrounds himself with um you know, the the, the coaching staff and the and the player development and um I think it everyone agrees. I mean, you're you're starting to see that. It's a long process, and um, I think it's finally starting to pay off.
1: Well, hopefully you'll be watching us on TV in the playoffs this year, and hopefully we'll see you back here around the K, you know, next year or sometime going forward. Thanks so much for, for your time and all the memories and all that you gave to the Royals organization, and, and definitely stay in touch.
0: Hey, you got it, Dave. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.